Amen. Not how much you've been given, but what you do. 
do with what we have received. In any case, the goal is that every person who makes this parish their spiritual home will make a plan to time to have to get warm in the coming days and even indicate what we're willing to share with God through His church, asking that those be returned no later than Pentecost and the birthday of the church on May 20th. So that's part one. Part two. There is a long-standing custom in parishes such as ours of a May festival for Our Lady, for Mary's Queen of May. And even of old, our ancestors would have met on the village green and crowned the girl as Queen of May and danced around the maypole celebrating the rebirth of the world that's a lovely custom. I'd be glad if we could provide it this afternoon. But what our forebears were really celebrating was the new lease on life given in the resurrection of Jesus, a lease on life full of promises and hope and a new covenant based on grace and love, which we've heard so much about in the readings today. Out of the withered stump of Jesse has come a green shoot, and the great adorning flower of the Old Testament was the mother of the God-man, Jesus Christ. The happy birds rejoice and sing his various month of May, her smile turns winter into spring and darkness into day. And there's a fragrance in the air, bells their music make. Oh, the world is bright and fair, and all for Mary's sake. We heard in our graduate this morning the Magnificat, the song of Mary. My soul magnifies the Lord, she sings. Mary's first purpose is always to be in praise to God and not to herself. All generations will call her blessed. But why? Because the Almighty has done great things for her. Now, if we look at something through a magnifying glass, we don't really make the object larger. We just make it seem larger. The details are clearer. The focus is sharper. And Mary does that. She magnifies her son by her praise. She helps us to see her son in greater detail, as he really is. An authentic devotion to our lady always, always, always leads to Jesus. Mary is not a God, but she is the mother of God, according to the flesh. And in a sense, she is our mother, too. Hanging from the cross, Jesus says to the beloved disciple, Behold your mother. And he says the same to us, who are also beloved disciples. Behold your mother. There's a story which heard of, I don't know, of a priest who came across a crowd of young women with three active and a 
treacherous sons who burst into church late for Christmas Eve mass. And she'd obviously had a hard time of getting them dressed and washed and tidy up. And as she passed the statue of Our Lady, she looked up and said, It's fine for you, you only had one. <laughs> when we were infants, and even young children, our mothers were with us most of the time. They held us as they looked into our eyes as we were feeding, we washed, we dressed, made to feel safe in their arms. And all the time, they were talking to us, not merely baby talk. They talked to us as they went through their day, their husband, cooked in the kitchen, took a shot. Mothers were the ones who taught us to call our fathers daddy or papa or whatever term we use for the man beside us. Our learning to speak largely depended on a mother's initiative, a mother's persistence, a mother's patience. And who will teach us to talk to Jesus, to pray to the Father, would it surprise you if I suggested you might think of asking Christ's own mother to help you to talk to her son and say, She could teach us, she will teach us if we ask her. Because Mary is a sublime example of guidance in the school of prayer. Can you imagine? what her prayer life was like, how she prayed with a son such as hers at her breast and at her knee. What does she say? How does she say? And the Virgin, like all mothers, knows her son. Mothers have an innate understanding of their children. Most of this remains unspoken, even to themselves. The instinct for unarticulated understanding is one of the great mysteries of motherhood. And in the case of the mother of our Lord, we are the beneficiaries of that eternal knowledge and intimate experience of Jesus. When she reminds the servants at Cana and Galilee, do whatever he tells you. She is speaking with a mother's knowledge of her son. She knows. She taught him to talk. And she can teach us to talk. And I wonder, and this is just my private speculation, of course, if many of the phrases of the Our Father were taught to Jesus at Mary's knee. For him to cherish and make his own, and then in turn give to us. Think The Our Father is the prayer of an obedient soul in love with God. Can you hear her say, Our Father? And her obedience welling up in the words which follow, Thy will be done on earth as it is. 
we regularly ask our fellow Christians to pray to God for us and rightfully so. When we ask our lady to pray for us for a son, we know that she will use her mother's language with him. And his response to her will be that of a devoted son. Her Savior he eternally is. Her son he will remain for all eternity. The rest of us share in the predicament of not fully knowing what we are doing when we pray. Whether to ask, or thank, or praise, or repent, or hope, or let go. But she knows. And she takes our prayers, and she reshapes them gently and knowingly into her own way of communicating with her only God the Son, to whom with God the Father. 